How are you, brother? You look good, man. I'm good, man. I, I took a shower, a hot shower. <laughs> <laughs> I brushed uh, my teeth, and um, I'm good, man. I can't complain. Like, I'm a little stuffy, man. The weather's been weird. And anytime you get any type of sniffle or stuffiness, you're like, oh, no. Who's yeah, handled that thing? I got the germ. <laughs> Have you had it? Did you get it? I finally got it after being so diligent over the, the course of the whole thing. Um, I I did a show in Denver with Black Star and Dead Prez. And mm-hmm. it was an amazing show with the band. It was packed. And um, it was like one of the first times I was like, you know, what up, everybody? You know? And then right after that, we went to Napa for the Blue Note Jazz Festival. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, I was just like, you know what? You just need to decide to the fact that you're going to get something. There was so many people, you know? Yeah, I talked to Yasin after that show in Denver, and he said that you he said you were in rare form. It was it was really good, man. Like, um, we we was rehearsing, you know, the whole time to work out some kinks. Uh, our drummer Daru Jones couldn't make it because he's on the road with Jack White overseas, and he was like, "I can make it." He was trying to fly from Japan and make it. He was like, "Nah, man, just do do your thing. Can't risk it." So we rehearsed a a new drummer, uh, Tim Smithsonian who actually is the singer on the song Kill, Kill, Kill. So um, he, he's a drummer first and a singer second, but I love his voice. Everybody loves his voice. So we spoke to Daru and Marcus, myself and him, and everybody thought it would be a good fit for him to be Daru's replacement because he, he could also play the drums on that song and sing the the ending of the song, which everybody loved at both shows. So it's amazing how many, like, you don't think of the number of front people, like singers that are also drummers. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because of this, like, Eurocentric, like, backstage, like, uh, they push the drum to the back. Right. You know what I'm saying? That the, mm-hmm. that the drummer is the backbone, but it means that you're in the back and you're you're not the speaker. But, I mean, right. just think about all these amazing people that are, that are drummers and then also great vocalists. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a really common thing. And and traditionally in most like traditional original cultures, mm-hmm. the griots would drum and sing at the same time or drum and mm-hmm. tell the story mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. There's a person like literally either sitting on the drum or holding the drum and the drum speaks and then the the, the vocalists speak and the, the two of them together is such a important marriage. Yeah. I, I tried to implement that even with... Um, you know, hype men, or when I had background singers, I would intentionally scooch them all the way into the front. And the way they were implemented in the songs anyway, it was like they had verses and I wanted the dynamic between the vocals. So it wasn't like, you know, it was like a team, so to speak, like you're saying. And even with Daru, when we do stage plots, it's like, I need people to see what he does you know he's a part of the whole thing i'm looking at it from a hip-hop sense of this is a trio and i need people to see all of us and when we rehearse it's like you know this is almost your verse or your ad-libs or you know um 
you know, the guitarist, the guitar parts are his verse and not just mm-hmm. like, you know, regular band stuff. So I think people enjoy that with the show as well. Yeah, it's one of those things that hip hop like really brings back into the forefront. You know, and it seems to me it's because like the the reality, that's the communal element of it. Like if you think about the fact that like Jam Master J is as much a rock star as the MCs are, you know, and it's because I think it's because of the fact that the culture, this is one of the few times in American history that the culture uh, started to be seen and started to be presented before the entertainment industry mm-hmm. got their hands on it and got to shape mm-hmm. it. It's like it's too late, like Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Like, it's already there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's the DJ, I'm the rapper. It's already there. Before, right. Like, as they're trying to get their arms around it, it's too late. Dr. Dre is the star of NWA. And, right. you know what I'm saying? And, and Grandmaster J is the star of, uh, you know, of Run DMC. I agree. Like, uh, first time I saw them at the Apollo, it was, I'll never forget it. I mean, I tell this story, you know, they 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 had the room dark. And the only thing you could see on stage was the lights from the 1200s, Technic 1200s. And they were like, you know, smoked it out. So the lights kind of like beamed upward. And just having the turntables on stage without anything else, for me, was like, oh, man, it's about to it's about to start. You know, you know, the routine. He comes out and then he brings each of them out with the routine. And it just feels like three. You know what I mean? It's the power of three. And, you know, that show the whole time, I was just like, this is vinyl. You know what I mean? Like, he's doing intricate stuff. It could skip. It could jump. It's not, like, digital. Like, that excitement and the element of there could be a mistake is part of what made those shows so, so exciting to me. Yeah. And, and man, those intros, man, as a live hip hop performer in particular, like, man, the intro sets the tone for the whole joint. Like, man, if you have the right intro, then <laughs> man, I'll never forget. I, we, I saw Kanye, me and my wife went and saw Kanye on, uh, I think it was a Pablo tour, but mm-hmm. it was when he had the like floating platform mm-hmm. and he's the only one, there's no opener. Mm-hmm. So you're in the, you're in the, the auditorium and there's just like, there's a, he, the clearly all these extra speakers. And because he's performing in the entire center of the auditorium above mm-hmm. the audience. So there's people mm-hmm. standing, filling the entire space. Mm-hmm. And we get there at the time that it says on the ticket, because it's Kanye, you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So there's just this low tone playing. Mm-hmm. And then it would get louder and louder and louder. And then it would get so loud, everything is shaking. Mm-hmm. And you think like the show's about to start. And then it would get quiet. <laughs> Stop, silent. And then it would be low again. But man, then finally, all the lights finally go off, and it's you start to hear that gospel sample. Mm-hmm. You're the only power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's playing like the whole song, yeah. and then they got that platform mm-hmm. that's like on a on a slant, and it's just Kanye standing on it, and he starts to like float in on this platform, man. And I'm I'm thinking like, man. This might be one of the hardest intros that I've ever seen. Right up there with Run DMC, right up yeah. there with, yeah. you know, uh, the the horns at the beginning of the old school Public Enemy intro. Mm-hmm. I've Public seen some Enemy. Amazing... They used to have the uh, air raid sirens, and that used yeah. to just you're like, oh no, it's about to go down. Yeah, it's so important, and it's important if you give people that feeling 
off the rip, you're feeling like we did the right thing by coming. I already got my money's worth from the, from the get go and it's about to go down. So, so immediately. Yeah. But you know, it's one of the things that I did think about when we left me and my wife, like we're just buzzing. And I mean, to this day, when I think about that Kanye intro, I get goosebumps. And when you were telling the story about being at the Apollo, like you get goosebumps. Mm -hmm. But I remember thinking to myself, like the difference between his and all of these other ones is that all of these other artists, that's a communal thing. Mm -hmm. So like before you see Chuck and Flav, you're hearing Griff. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Before before you see uh, Run and D, uh, you're you're seeing Jam Master J. Mm -hmm. Uh, before you, you know, before Ice Cube hit the stage, you might see WC or mm -hmm. before Snoop hits the stage, you might see Uncle Junebug mm -hmm. or like, mm -hmm. it's a communal thing that creates right. that. Right. And then I just had this image of like, when, 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 you know, Kanye started to struggle publicly, mm -hmm. I was thinking about this great moment of seeing him, but he's literally standing on a platform all by himself, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, man, who, yeah. who's holding him? Right. You know what I mean? Right. It has so much symbolism when if, if you're an artist and you're making these decisions, it's like, you know, bars and metaphors, like you could look at that performance so many, so many different ways. And that's, that's why he's so great in terms of the art side of it. And then when you ascend to a certain level, you have an expectation that your favorite artist, or I always did, especially in hip hop, like, when when you ascend past A-list, you're expecting them to bring it, um, whether, you know, physically or, or artistically on stage. Like, what do you do for the next level? You know what I mean? Like, so uh, that's what I appreciate about him as an artist. It's like, what's next? Push the envelope. Keep it going. Like, you know, amazing. 